0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. I I was praying the other day, and um, in in the time of prayer, have you guys ever been reading the Word and you read a scripture? But you've read it many times, but God rings a bell, God highlights it, God is speaking to you directly something about that scripture. Well, I was reading this scripture and, and God rang my bell. And let me, let me read it to you guys. It's in Matthew 9:35, And it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching the, in, the, in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed, harassed and helpless, like, she, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest. And the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that's what rang the, the bell on me. And the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And God is a master planner. God, uh, he, he, he has workers. And when I read that, immediately um, the word action came to mind. It's like God was saying, action, Rudy. Action, Rudy action you know be part of it i'm calling you be a worker and then he that's what he wants for all the church he's saying action i want you to be involved i want you to commit and then um he says to you know that's the way that we're going to advance the gospel the gospel we're in right now in vision builders month and we're gonna you know it's about advance it's about building the kingdom we want to advance the kingdom we want to reach the lost and it happens through people that you know through workers and we are called to be workers and i want to show you you know you know, tomato, I do a lot of tomato talk because I'm in that business. And, um, and I'm going to show you right now a picture that, uh, that's going to represent a little bit of the harvest. But I told him earlier that, uh, if God, if I was living during Jesus time, I would be the farmer that Jesus loved. <laughs> like the disciple that, you know, John was the disciple that Jesus loved. That would be the farmer that Jesus loved. But I want to show you a picture. I want to show you a picture of what. In my business, what is normal in a harvest, and it's a tomato uh, crop, and that is normal when when we harvest, when we go, uh, when we, you know, harvest and we're in, in harvest in season. That's what the plant looks like. You got tomatoes that are uh, mature on the bottom, and then you got tomatoes that are green on top, and and within time, they mature. But what God showed me when I read that scripture is the next picture. And that's not common. And that's what they told me. The, the, the harvest is ready now. And that's what you want to tell the harvest is ready now, but the workers are few. And um, I buy a lot of tomatoes, and, I, and, and this particular grower uh, that I bought some tomatoes from, they decided to grow a, a, over 1,000 a acreage last fall. And they had, I mean, 1,000 a, a lot a lot for three months' harvest of tomatoes. And what happened, he didn't have enough workers. When the crop came, the, the crop matured, they didn't have enough workers that they couldn't harvest it. So it's getting overripe and he was having a hard time so he couldn't pick all his harvest. And that, we had a great market because we're in a supply and demand business and that market was very high. So I calculated that that grower lost about a million dollars. And we don't want to miss a million souls. You know that, that that tomato right there represents a person. That tomato represents somebody, and we need to step up to the plate because God is a master plan, a master plan, planner. And the only thing different is that He has God has workers, but it's free will, and but we have to choose to work. We have to choose to step in. You know, and and I want to read another scripture to you that says um, it's in Matthew 28:19 and 20. It says, "Therefore." Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And there are 95 to 100 million people in the U.S. that don't set a foot in church ever. I, read, I was reading an article, and you know, there's about 300 and some million people in, in the U.S., 330, and in San Diego County, there's about 3.2 million. So that means that just in San Diego County, there's about a million people that don't set foot in church, let alone the ones that are Christians that only come on Christmas and Easter. But, uh, but that's, that's what's happening, and that's the wake-up call that God is calling. And I, and I think what, what he's sharing with me was to share with you because we need to stand up, we need to rise, and we need to step in, and that's what God is calling. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, on, on Wednesday morning... I was uh, praying, and as I was praying, God put an uh, image in my, in my mind, and, uh, and I started to cry, and I started to cry, and, it was, and I'm going to put the image right now, but I started to cry. I could feel God's love for the lost. I could sense God's love for the lost, and even my love, when I was there, I felt overwhelmed, and it was to the maximum intensity that I can love. And, and I can care about the loss, but God, it's even greater. It doesn't compare to my highest uh, 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 amount of love that I can give. And this is the picture that God brought to my mind. That's a little boy in, in Africa, and he's walking to a feeding station. And Kevin Carter took this picture. And that's what the lost are. We need to look at this. This is our city. These are the people that are lost. And the enemy is behind them, and he wants to devour them. And, and Kevin Carter took this picture, and he waited 20 minutes. Kevin Carter was a, a group of four photographers that went to chronicle uh, the apartheid in South Africa. And he was there 20 minutes because Kevin wanted to take the picture of the vulture with the wings spread out. So he can capture the best picture. But Kevin didn't help the boy. He was there about his own agenda. He only cared about his picture. What he was, gonna, he was waiting for. So he didn't care. So you know one of the things that we need to, to take into consideration is that God is calling us to be out there. God is calling us to see the lost. He, are we about our own agenda? And he was all about his own agenda. He was all, and, and, and that haunted him. And Subsequent, you know, subsequently, there's a, there's. This is what happened to him. You know, the the New York Times printed that picture, and he won the Pulitzer Prize. Okay, and he was very criticized. He's criticized by everyone because he did not help the boy. And and what and what happened, you know, really struck me and 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 touched my heart because it says. You know, he won the Pulitzer Prize for his image, but the darkness of that bright day never lifted from him. And he took his own life in 1994, a year, less than a year later. So, you know, the darkness of that bright day, you know that we're called to displace the darkness? We're called to display the, lar- the darkness, and we need to be attentive. We need to hear what God is calling us to do. If we're only about ourselves and our, about only our lives and our own personal things, and God just bless me, bless my work, bless this, bless, we're missing the call because God is calling us to be, yes, he wants to bless us inwardly, but he wants us to be, look outwardly because that is the purpose. That is the great commission. That is what God is calling us to do. But it's a matter of the heart, and we have to, we have to pay attention. It's not just about us. And uh, the hardest thing, the hardest thing that the, where we have most resistance in our lives is bringing the word of God from our head to our heart. Because one, we can bring him to our heart, then transformation happens. Then we can see what God sees. Then we can feel what God feels. And that's got what God wants us to do. He wants us to, we have to fight and we have to strive to, and be open to receive the word of God. Not, knowledge is, is, is not okay. And the heart is okay. The word of God, we, uh, there's a lot of people that know the word of God inside out. But it's not in their heart. And what, we're, what my prayer is for all of us, because God is speaking that to me and also wanted me to share with you, is that we have a heart for the lost. And for two years before I came to C3, there was a two-year gap where I was careless. I didn't care. I would come in church and tithe, but I was touch and go. I came in and went out. Didn't care. I didn't even pray. remember praying for the lost. I was just just existing, and, uh, and I don't ever want to go back to that. I don't want my life to ever go back to that moment, to that, that way that I lived. And one of the greatest things that happened to me is uh, to come to C3, to be honest. Uh, we came, uh, my wife and I came, and, and God really spoke to us right away, it started really t- you know, speaking to us and touching our heart. And our pastors at C3 here, they have a vision for the church. They have a vision to reach the lost. You know, our pastor shared that the Holy Spirit told our pastors that if we build buildings, God will fill them. And we're part of that. We need to be part of that. And then, you know, evangelism and buildings go together. And as we're in Vision Builders Month, there's things that we need to do as the body of Christ that we need to participate in. Have you, ever, have you guys ever been part of a team? Have you played sports and been part of a team? Did you like to be in the game or on the bench? No, I like to be in the game, but, but when I was a kid, I was a little bit fat and I wasn't that fast. <laughs> and um, when they would set two captains to pick the team, you know, I knew I was gonna be one of the last ones. Because you know, and, and that happened, but but with God, when it comes to his work, when it comes to being about his business we 're all first strings if we want to if we want to if we decide and if we share a heart we 're all first string and, uh, and that 's what he wants he wants uh, from us and c three we 're planted in good soil i mean it 's an incredible church I mean uh, we 're so grateful to be here and What God revealed to me in this process, when I started coming and started speaking to me, God revealed to me that my purpose in life, my purpose in life, and I I want you to hear this, my purpose in life is connected to this church. You see, I come to church and I submit under my spiritual leader's vision and to be part of it, to go all out and all in to the vision. So before... When I talked about the two years, we would touch and go. You come in and go, and you don't have no vision. You don't participate in anybody's vision. But God has spiritual leaders, and they have a calling, and they're praying for us, and we're part of that team. And, uh, and one of the things that, uh, that I wanted to do is, is share a little bit of my journey from when I came to C3 and what God's been speaking to me. And he wants to do the same thing with you, the same exact thing. He wants to speak to you. He wants to direct you. He wants to guide you. He wants to be part of his team. And not only that, he wants you to dunk the ball. So it's not just on the bench. So in 2014, we come to the preview service at the movie theater. Oh, no, and, and I'm sorry. In 2014, I get invited to a C3 Pathfinder's breakfast by Dr. Matt. And, uh, and you know Dr. Matt? You know, I shared a little bit earlier that when Dr. Matt invites you to something, it's not a normal invitation. It's like, you know, hey, you want to come to a breakfast? No. Hey, you want to get rid of your stinking thinking? And you want to go to higher ground? you all in? So I, I told, you know, we couldn't say no. So we go there, and then right there at that breakfast, God spoke some things to my heart uh, and showed me that he was going to bless and give me some opportunities in the marketplace, and, and we moved on. Then... After the second or third service that I came to C3 at the, at the pre-launch, God gave me a dream. And the dream was that it was those Clydesdale horses, you know the Budweiser horses? They were in a corral. And there were these dark hooded figures at the end of the corral, like preventing them from, from getting out. But all of a sudden, there was a stirring and the horses broke out of the corral. And immediately, the figures disappeared each one. They disappeared. They disappeared. They disappeared. And God showed me and I asked God, what is this? What is this? What are you revealing to me? You're going to be part of a move, a mighty move of God. And, and later on, in 2016, we go to Empower Conference. And sitting in Empower Conference, I think Pastor Liano was preaching a message and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, something very clear, very distinct, where I heard clearly that, that there was no confusion. It says, if I go deeper, I'll stretch wider, and I'll see farther. If I go deeper, I'll have more influence, and, I can, and I'll have fresh revelation. And that, I want to tell you, changed my life. That's the moment that, that was a life-changing moment for me and for my wife. Uh, what happened there i decided immediately the next day i think it was i got up early in the morning at five o'clock in the morning and i started having my own personal prayer time and reading the word and god started to speak to me and god started to speak to me and you know i can tell you a lot of things that have happened since that time but it was my own personal relationship and is that's what god wants for all of you god you know i told him that uh, there's no companion passes with the lord you see, I can, you know, make it to heaven, or I can be mature spiritually by somebody else's faith. It's our personal relationship with Christ. It's our personal time alone with Christ. And uh, so, so we we go through that uh, in 2016. I go to Empower, and I and I get this uh, download from the Lord, and I start praying in the morning and reading the Word, and I see what God is doing, and I'm. All excited for for what, the, the growth and, and that God. I'm hearing God, and it's so exciting when you hear God, because we have to make so many decisions every day. We carry the Lord for our family, we carry the Lord for for business, and, and you start hearing and, and God is speaking, and that motivates you, and, and and you make good decisions, you make wise decisions in business and everything that we're doing, and then, a few months later after that, I had that download. I'm sit, I'm laying down in my bed in my room, and I was not asleep. But I had a vision from God. And that vision was standing like in this exact place where I'm standing. And as far as I could see, every single spot in this auditorium, there were hands. Hands, only hands. And I would go and rescue them. I would go and rescue them. So that's what, what, what God is doing right now. And what God is speaking to me right now in my life. And what God is doing is that he's telling me, yeah, I'm going to bless you. Financially, I'm going to bless you. And you're going to be part of a great move of God. And I'm going to have intimate time with you. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to give you directions. Because the ultimate goal is to save the lost, is to reach the lost. And that, she said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And that's what God wants us to do. And, and um, I want to tell you that not all of us are called to be re- uh, preachers. But we're all called to be reachers. We have a part to do. We have a part in the kingdom of God. We have a part to go and, and make disciples. But it's, we have to see what God sees. We have to feel what God feels. If we don't make that commitment, if we don't come to terms and say, Lord, I give you my heart. Because if we give him our mind, it's not enough. We got to give our heart because the, when the word is on the heart, then it starts causing changes in your life. And then you start caring and you start seeing what God sees. And... The title of my message, again, I forgot, is (laughs) Living Under the Influence. And I want to be, it's living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Living under the influence of the Word of God. Living under the influence of worship. And that's what I want to share. And I want to share a story about a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, my wife gets a call from a friend. And she says that she had, um, she went to a party and I guess they ate some brownies. I don't know what she ate, but they had, she didn't know, and they had marijuana, and she was freaking out. And my wife is praying on the phone, and she's freaking out, and, and she's praying, and we were some people, and she, I can't pray all this time with her, so she had to cut, you know, cut her off, and then she called her again, I think, and they prayed again and everything, and, and so she, she didn't know, but I, that would never happen to me. <laughs> that would never happen to me, and I'll tell you why. Because right now, all of the girls here, all the ladies, are all into this kale, smoothie, matcha, leafy tasting stuff. Right? And I'm more into the taco, chimichanga, enchilada tasting stuff. So my taste buds are not used to it. I would have detected. I would have had, you know, tasteful discernment. But when you're under the influence... When you're under the influence, you know, if you see TV or go videos, you know, really do stupid things. You know, people that are drunk and do stupid things and, and act different ways. But when you're under the Holy Spirit, you do courageous things. You do different things. You know, God te- takes you out of your comfort zone, and you step into it, and you step into it, and, 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 uh, and it changes. You know, you start experiencing some supernatural work of God in your life, and you feel totally blessed. And uh, what is living under the influence? It means we are continually surrendering our will, our mind, our body, our time, our talents, our treasures, every area of your life to His control. And But the most beautiful thing that we can experience when we surrender to God and we say, "Lord, I want to be under the influence," is that we see what God sees and we feel what God feels. You see, you can walk about by someone in the street and not care. But when you're under the influence, the Holy Spirit might ask, hey, go talk to him. You can see a person who's starving. You know, Kevin Carter didn't do anything about the starving. I couldn't, there's no way, that I don't care if the kid has a disease, I would have gone to help. But why? Because I have the heart of God. God is working in my heart. He's downloading. So we're going to do courageous things. We're going to see things. We're going to care. We're going to care about the lost. And I don't know, that's what, you know, Jesus really taught us, to go for the people that are lost. And that little boy represents the lost people here in San Diego. And we're called to be part of that team. So when you're under the influence, you have a heart. You have a heart. And and I tell you, because when I haven't had a heart, It just, you know, really devastated me that I wasted two years of my life with zero fruit when God has called me to bear fruit and continue to bear fruit and continue to be filled with the Spirit and continue to bear fruit and continue to be under the influence and continue to bear fruit. That's what he's calling us to do. And, you know, being under the influence, a husband that's under the influence loves his wife. Children that are under the influence obey their parents. Employers that are under the influence of the Holy Spirit are fair with their employees. Employees that are under the influence work diligently. And what I want to do today is encourage. If there's anything that I would like to do, encourage everybody here today. There's some things that I've learned myself that I'm learning, that I'm in the process, uh, and I've seen some, I tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And I want to encourage you guys to to go deeper, to have your own personal time and take care of your own personal relationship. Even in the marriage, you know, the marriage, you know, we have our own personal time. And that's so important because God wants to speak individually to do. God, you know, gave his life specifically for you. And I want everybody to go deeper. And one of the best examples about going deeper is when Jesus is, is Jesus you know that he says that we to be imitators of him you know going deeper is in his word going deeper in worship going deeper in, in prayer and you'll see how he will mold your heart according to what he wants and Jesus went into solitude and I want to read a couple of scriptures they have preached to all these people and had a great victorious time you know when with at this particular time when Jesus was speaking and then after that that time of ministry it says very early in the morning while it was still dark jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed everyone was looking for jesus but after his time in prayer he told his disciples that it was time for them to move on to another village jesus separated himself in the morning went and spent some time with the lord and when the disciples come god gave him direction they had to move to another place Jesus went into a mountainside to pray, spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples and he gave him revelation. You know, Jesus went and prayed, then he called his disciples and then gave him revelation. And that's what's going to happen in your prayer closet. And then when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. That's where we receive comfort. You know, when we go to a solitary place, and the greatest thing is that we're in, in life, we, hit, we get hit hard. And there's, the first place that we should run to is to a solitary place with God because it prevents us from, from reacting and making mistakes. You know, when there's an offense, when there's a, you know, protect yourself from unforgiveness, when there's things that happen in your life, the best place you can go and you can reset is in a solitary place. Because the enemy wants to bring destruction, the enemy wants to bring division, the enemy wants to take, take you down. But when you're in a, under the influence, you have, you love even the people you dislike. No? Yeah. Haven't you ever seen somebody that you don't like that much and you avoid and you go to the other side? <laughs> when you're in the influence, the first day you go one step closer, Not it doesn't happen all <laughs> automatically, no? You say one close. And in a, in a, in a couple days, you're walking, you know, hey, like that. So it's a process. We're all in a process. No? And under the influence, you get courage, you get courage, you know, to do great things for God. He gives you the courage, and, 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 and then he gives you wisdom. My goodness, I, I need wisdom. I need to know what God's will is for my life. Sometimes, and, and, and I've been there myself. I remember clearly there was a time where I wanted to know God's will for my life. And I was wondering, Lord, what's my will for my life? But you know, the only way you're going to know God's will for your life, if you're consistently in the word, consistently in prayer, because he's going to reveal all those things that he's revealed, that's God's will for my life. But it happens in the solitude place. And that's what he wants to do. If you're confused about the will of God, take, Personal responsibility. Seek the Lord. Seek the Word, and seek wow. what He says to you to speak to your heart. He will reveal your will. He will uh, put you in a place where you can use your talents, yeah. and then He'll give you discernment. Yeah. Don't you guys need discernment? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I had a. I was about to go talk to somebody and give him a handful. Have you ever had those moments when you, somebody makes you upset and you want to go tell them and tell them more than you should? And all of a sudden I was about to do that, and I was ready. The funny thing is I was ready, shoes on, everything, ready to go, uh, plan of action. And all of a sudden I get a call from somebody who's under the influence and calls me, hey, what are you doing? I just felt to call you. And I said, hey, well, now that you called, I said, I'm about to do this, this and that. You know what? You know, pray before you do it. And I didn't go through with it. But I know to this day that if I would have done that, I would have ruined the relationship. Maybe for a lifetime. So I praise God that somebody under the influence that's around my life listened to God and called me. And then under in, in that solid place, there's an alignment. That's where we get aligned. You know, sometimes we need to, sometimes we get off the track like the train and only, you know, we're bouncing, boom, 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 We need to get back on the track and get aligned because, because there's voices out there that are, that are saying all these things. You watch the news, social media, their voices. And if I let them, if I don't have a solid time, those voices will become louder, louder. And then it can change the way I think. But if I have a time, personal time with the Lord, then he washes me clean. He washes my mind clean. He, the filter. You know, he filters everything. And then, so living under the influence is the only way that we need to, that we should live. In Romans 10:17, a little bit of my twist to it. It says, so then influence comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It says, so then faith comes by hearing. But if you put influence, it comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Mm. The word of God provides divine fuel for a different life lived for God's glory. You see, we all have a calling. We all have a purpose. We all have an assignment. And it cannot happen if we're touch and go Christians. So we have to be encouraged. We have to seek Seek and you shall find me, the Lord says. Seek and you shall find me. It's not going to, we're not, gonna fi- not, not going to find him. It's not that we're not going to, if you ask from your heart and you seek the Lord, you will, fi- you will get an answer. He will direct you. He's faithful and true. His word will speak to you. The Holy Spirit might speak to you. But what I found in my life is that the most, the place where God speaks to me the most is through his word. Mm-hmm. And then... The most important thing is that you know, we, we can have God's heart and we can see with God's heart. Because when we download it from our mind to our heart, it changes everything, it changes our perspective, it changes everything, and that's what we want. And right now we're in the month of Vision Builders, and Vision Builders is where we, once a year, commit financial gift, or not gift, we participate financially uh, above our tithes and offerings to reach the lost, to go reach the lost like we saw in the picture, to go be able to be a blessing to our community. And when you're living under influence, there's no, there's no resistance. I mean, I want to participate. I want to give because I see what God sees. I see the vision of my pastors, and I see what God's speaking to me, and I want to participate. There's no resistance. There's no resistance because life is more than myself. It's the calling of God. Is want to do what God called us to do. So we're gonna next week. We're all gonna be able to commit, and we all have to. You know, I know God will speak to you. Even at, even right now, I know He's speaking to you. What are we gonna participate in? What are we gonna be? Because I want to be part of that. I don't want to waste time. I want to be in the game, and and when you're in the game, it's the most blessed life you can live. It's the mo- there's nothing that compares to that not even winning the lottery, not even for a Mexican to come to the U.S., nothing compares to that. No. And uh, But Vision Builders reaches the lost. And one thing is to participate in reaching the lost financially. But my heart's desire and what I pray and what God speaking to me, that we participate with our heart. That we that that first we set that that reset button in our heart so that we can be able to be about our Father's business like Jesus was. So we're gonna be able to uh, to participate next week. And I want to leave you with this: you know, just look at the harvest, look at what God is calling you to do, look at what's your participation, look outside, look that there's people that are out there that need. An encouragement. There's people that, that God wants to touch with your life because within your talent, God will touch people. Because 79% of the people that come to Christ come by an invitation from a friend or a family member. So we are called, like I said, we're not all called to be preachers. And after today, you're gonna agree with me. But we're all called to be preachers. And we have a part. We have a part financial, we have a part serving in our church and being part of reaching the lost and then I want um, to know that you're an important part God created you for such a time as this, you're an important part of the team, there's something that specifically that he wants you to do and then the last thing live under the influence and seek God's heart, that's where everything that's where the, God births everything in you, you know, that's where God you know, develops you and, and, and pre- develops your gifts, your talent. And then when you, when you do that, then you start seeing how God uses you and, and in different ways. You know, I, I'll share one story real quick before I end. Uh, we went to a class reunion. And I didn't really want to go. It was in Arizona at that time and everything. I didn't want to go. But I went, and, and we were there in the class reunion. Then I'm talking to one, one of the guys that was there, and all of a sudden he tells me, I'm hearing voices. There's all these things going on. I went to the class reunion to go pray for a guy in the parking lot and introduce Jesus to him. And that's, that's what we want to do. We want to be available, Lord. We're paramedics. God says there's a person on 3rd Street that, you know, needs somebody to take him a burger. There's a wife that just been, her husband just left her, that needs one of the women to go speak to her. Who's available? Who's available? But are, you, are we available? Are we, do we have the, the radio on? And the radio is the heart. That's, a, that's where the radio is connected. So I want to leave you with that. And I want everybody to stand so we can pray. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we want to see what you see, Lord. We want to feel what you feel. We want your heart. Lord, we want Your Word to come alive in us, Lord. We want Your presence to be with you, with us every time, every day, Lord. Lord, we want to be about Your business, Lord. Lord, I know that You called all of us, You gifted all of us, Lord. We have gifts and talents to serve in our local church, to participate in reaching the lost financially, Lord. To make someone's day better, Lord, to bring life, to bring encouragement, to bring truth, to bring hope, Lord. We are your ambassadors, Lord, and I pray, Father, that that would be the desire of all of us here today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.